If you would turn with me to your Bibles to Psalm 27. And uh, I just want to say a few words about fear. And um, we've been talking these last two weeks. This will be the third week and the final week, I think, of our just our discussion about the goodness of God, the good hand of God. And when Billy, when you were talking, I was thinking like when when the um, when the Israelites, you know, they leave Egypt, right? They have those ten plagues, and they're just on the road. And I don't know, there's just something exciting about leaving a place, just shedding some stuff, and you're on the road. You're and you're like on, on your way to a new location, a lot of expectations, and then suddenly, all that stuff starts chasing you, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, this, you know, the 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 Egyptians are on their horses. They're on their way to to capture us and to put us back into bondage. And they get to the Red Sea, right? And the Red Sea is there, and they're back. Their backs are to the Red Sea, and in the distance they can see the Egyptians coming. And they think um, there's this fear factor that hits. And I think that we've all had that happen where we are moving forward in what we think is the, the plan of God, the promise of God, looking at the goodness of God, we're on our way to a promised land, and then suddenly there's an impossible, impossible obstacle. You know, and then we're like, you know, why? And we always blame Moses. You know, Moses, why did you lead us here? You know? And did you lead us here to die? And in one sense, yeah, they had to die to their own natural perception of what was happening and to take a look at what God was going to do. But there's this fear factor, and I think that you know, when we're at the Red Sea, we don't see the promised land. We don't see the goodness of God. We don't see there's a future. And I don't know if you've ever been there where there's, you're moving in a direction of God's plan for your life, and then suddenly you hit something, and you're like, this is it. This is where it ends, right? And I just want to say a couple words about how David dealt with fear in, in uh, Psalm 27. And I want to just look at a couple verses here. I want to talk about fear. I also want to talk about anxiety just for a minute. And I want to just talk about um, what our real assets are that can never be lost. Okay? So let's just look at Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh. And I don't know if anybody's in this... Have you ever had an evildoer wanting to eat up your flesh? I haven't. <laughs> Sounds like cannibalism. I, I'm not there yet, right? So, you know, um, my adversaries and foes, is it they who stumble fall? Maybe some of you, I don't know, maybe some of you have, your life has been in danger. I, maybe you have. I don't know. I can't, can't say it's happened. In verse 3, and this, this, is the, this is the focus verse here. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war sh- arise against me, yet I will be confident. Verse four, one thing I have asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And for verse five, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent and he will lift me high upon a rock. Verse six, and my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me and I I will offer in his tent sacrifices and shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. And then 
jump down to the end of the chapter, verses 13 and 14. And these are the verses that we use to open up the series with, I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. I love that. This is how Paul says, I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And then he says to himself, wait on the Lord, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And so here's like, you know, these were some words that I thought about over the summer as I was traveling back home to visit family, to be at our convention. And I was thinking about summer and fall and I was just challenged in my heart that um, to really believe, like these words, I read these words and they rang tr- so true in my heart. I believe I shall see the goodness of God. I think that just because there are some people that, that abuse, uh, I think this whole goodness and prosperity thing about God. And, and, but I don't think that just because someone abuses that, that we can't look towards the goodness of God. And we said at the beginning of the series that sometimes in our life we come to a fork in the road and we see an opportunity and there is this question, God may deliver me if he will or I may not be delivered and my prayer may not be answered because it's not God's will. But most likely, and this is where we go as creatures, we, we, mo- we go in the direction of most likely God's not going to answer my prayer because I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not... I'm not a good person, or I sinned yesterday, or I had a bad thought, or I did something an hour ago. And so we, we err, we default to God's not going to do it. God's not going to be a good God in my life, even though it's all over the Bible. Here, at that fork in the road, David's at this place in Psalm 27. And you know, Psalm 27 is most likely when he's on the run from his son, Absalom, who is taken the kingdom from him and now literally David has armies after him and he's in danger his life is in danger and he's heartbroken uh, he's lost his kingdom he's failed he's he's he has failed his son he's failed his family and now he's reaping the the consequences of his failure and he's a, he's in a very broken place I mean he's I don't know if you've ever been there where you've messed up you've broken and you're just like God I I don't deserve anything I I I just am not a person that is on God's good list, you know? And David says here in Psalm 27, he says, but I believe I shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And why does he say land of the living, not the land of the dead? He was looking forward to the goodness of God. And how does David deal with his fear? Two things I want to say about fear. There's fear and there's anxiety, okay? Um, Fear is something that we can point to. I'm afraid of spiders, you know, I'm not afraid of spiders, but maybe somebody's afraid of spiders. Maybe someone's afraid of, 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 of a circumstance happening in their life. Like, you know, I'm coming to, I remember one time back home, uh, my, my niece had just been born. She's maybe at that time, she came to our house with my sister and her husband. And at that time, we didn't have Caleb. We didn't have kids. And so like, I don't know if you've ever tried to hold a, like almost a newborn and you don't really have that experience. Like that, very scary for me. Like, I just don't want to do, I, I mean, I don't want to drop this baby or anything like that, you know? And so, so like, Danielle is like, <clears throat> no, it wasn't Danielle, it was um, Sabrina. Sabrina is like in my arms. I'm sitting, the fireplace is behind me. I'm sitting here on the floor in my living room, family's around us, and I'm holding her like this, you know, like this, you know? 
and her feet are against my chest. I had her really close to me like this, you know, and, and you know what she did? She like, huh? She jettisoned, she jettisoned her feet and she launched herself. <laughs> She's like going that direction, right? And my brother-in-law, you know, it's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's like looking at like, what is going on? Everything, it just like went into slow motion. It was like, you know, you know. and I got, I, I did this. I was like, uh, 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 and I caught her, you know, like that. And my arms extended. And, you know, you just feel that rush of adrenaline and fear and like this, you know, like, oh my gosh. And I almost dropped my niece on the floor, you know, and, and my infant, you know, infant niece. And that would have been the end, you know, that would have been just horrible in my, in my family. And that's fear. We can point to something like that. I almost, but anxiety is something else. Anxiety is like, and, and fear is like this, like watch out, protect, right? Like be careful. Like, okay, we're, the Israel, the, 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 the Egyptians are on their way. We need to watch out and we need to protect ourselves. Anxiety is something different. Anxiety is when it's not something I can point to. It's not something that I can say, hey, I'm afraid of this. Anxiety is this lingering, empty kind of, background noise that just kind of drones on and it just kind of leaves us in a place where we are not empowered and we are paralyzed. Fear can do, fear can energize somebody. Anxiety paralyzes us. And anxiety is not something I can point to. So fear is something I can point to. I'm afraid that I'm going to physically hurt somebody or I'm I'm afraid I'm going to physically be hurt or my family's going to be hurt. Anxiety is something else. Anxiety is more personal. Anxiety is when I don't know really what I'm afraid of. And then we realize, and you know what I realized after I almost dropped my, my niece? And I, almost, I, I had this amazing sense of frailty. I thought, I'm frail. She's frail. And what, have, what would have happened if she fell you know, on the floor? Um, and there's that lingering sense of frailty, that lingering sense of just, um, of just anxiety. And, and I think if you've experienced anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. Anxiety is usually something that happens after an event. It happens sometimes even when we're grieving, like Billy was talking about grieving. You know, PTSD is not just for people that have been in combat or have been in traumatic situations. PTSD or, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome or disorder can be something that happens when you have a break in a very important relationship in your life and you're grieving, Right. And, and there's this sense of like, I'm frail or humanity is frail. And this anxiety is, is when something, you know, when, when, when I don't define it and anxiety kind of just lives in our mind and in our soul. And when we don't define it, it begins to drive our life unconsciously. We just start, it's like, you know what? I never want to be in this situation again. I never want to be exposed or standing in the rain. I never want to be rejected. I never want to be the guy that, you know, that blows in front of everybody. I don't want to be this or that. So therefore, I'm living in this sense. You know what anxiety is? Anxiety has to do with identity. Okay, anxiety has to do with identity. Because it's like, what the object of my fear is now personal. What if I drop my knees? Um, I could have dropped my knees. It could have gone the other way. And, 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 and I, was I, could I do that? And there's all these questions about, you know, anxiety kind of just begins to drill holes in our identity. And that's why anxiety is just, in some case, it's just, it's so much worse than fear. And anxiety is something that like, when, when, when I'm living in a post-traumatic situation, 
and I'm not processing it with God, then anxiety is driving my life. And like, I'm a husband, and if I can't provide for my family, then, then I feel like, and husbands, we, well, this is the way we think. We all think this way. I'm gonna be a loser, and I don't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna be that guy. Or I'm a wife, and I don't wanna be a bad mother. Or I, you know, I was in a, I'm an abusive, I was in an abusive relationship, and I never wanna be in that kind of a relationship again, so I'm gonna live in this anxious, driven state where I'm always looking over my shoulder to protect myself. And, and you know what, that PTSD or that kind of stress always happens when we don't process the circumstance with God. Like when you and I go through something, we need to process that. And that's what grieving is. Grieving is when something happens to us. Grieving is more than just an emotion. Grieving is when I'm processing correctly with God what just happened. Because if I don't process it with God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wreck me. You know, how many of us know people that have lost somebody, a dear family member, and it's just wrecked every intimate relationship in their family? I have, I have people that I know like that, that have suffered loss. And so when we, when we are in a place of grieving, we have to process with this with God's mind. And I just want to take, you know, fear, fear and anxiety, and I want to finish up with this. We need to confront that, you know, to, we have to confront it with this, that our real assets, our true belongings are something that we can't lose. And, you know, we might lose, and there may be periods of time in your life, and if it hasn't happened yet, it will, but there may be times in your life where you lose a lot of stuff, friends, stuff, things, and God just kind of slims everything down and just kind of makes everything very, very simple in your life. And he does that because he wants you and I to understand that our assets or our true possessions are something that we can never, ever lose. And that, that therefore, my identity, I can understand that when that fear comes and that lingering anxiety, I need to approach it, I need to address it like this. I am an object of God's intense love. Okay? We don't believe that. I mean, we just don't believe that that's not natural for us to think that way. But if you read the book of Song of Solomon's, if you look at the way Jesus talked to his disciples in, Matthew, in Luke chapter 12, listen to these words, okay? Some of my, one of my favorite verses. Luke 12, verse 33 and 30, 32 and 33. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is, it is your father's. And he didn't say my father, your father's. Your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's God's good pleasure to give you. I think as a kid, as a little kid, we can be afraid of things that have never happened to us because it kind of got in our mind. We don't need to live in that fear because it's God's good pleasure to protect us. Whenever we sense this deep failure, or this deep sense of anxiety over failure, loss, or the frailty of things, we need to realize something very simple that our real most valuable assets, there's five things that I counted this morning. There's probably many more and maybe you can add some stuff at the end of this. We talk about it a little bit. But here are the assets that we never, ever lose. And when, I, when we realize that I can never lose these assets, my identity and my self-worth and my value and my courage, my heart can take courage because there are things that I'm never going to lose in my identity. I might lose a lot of things, but if my identity can be rooted in these five things, then I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be shaken. So I'm going to read God's relationship with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's never going to leave you. 
I mean, friends may leave you, family may leave you, career may, your career may depart. You may become crippled or something may happen to you where you're no longer able to be that mate or that friend that you are. One thing that's never going to change, and that's your relationship with God, is never going to change. He will never leave us or forsake us. And that's Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. God's not going to ever leave you. And it's like we are not loved by God because we, we deserved it. We are loved by God because he has compassion on us. In our most broken state, Jesus has compassion on you. In your unbelief, in your failure, in the, fa- in the sin that we know that we're not supposed to do, and we do it, and we're there, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then there's compassion. Jesus has compassion. And that's what, that's what secures. When we understand that we're in a safe place with our relationship with God, Jeremiah 31.3 and Romans 8.37, the second thing that's our real asset that never is going to ever be removed, and that is Christ's love for us. He loves us. I've loved you with an everlasting love in Jeremiah 31. He's never going to stop loving you. I think when we get to heaven, you know what's going to be really cool? And Billy Graham says this. When we get to heaven, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, you, you and I, we may have some great theology. We may really know God so well. But when we get to have one thing that we're going to be so surprised about is how good God really is. And we're going to be like, I never even realized he was, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. You know, he was this kind and this gracious and this loving. And number three, our identity in Christ never changes. It never changes. First Corinthians 5 verse 17. It's never going to change. Who you are in Christ, that never changes. You know, that never changes. And then lastly, not lastly, our salvation, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, never changes. And number five, his grace towards us in John 1, verse 16, never changes. And so I want to conclude with this. What is God calling us to do? This is, our, this is the application of what we're talking about this morning. Number one, wait on him. This is verse four of, of Psalm 27. Wait on him, trust his character, and go to his temple and gaze upon him. You know, the temple is, is here, gathering together. The temple is in your prayer closet. Temple's at the dinner table. You know, like when you draw near to him, gaze at him, draw near to him. Number two, David in verse four of chapter 27 inquired in prayer. He just, he went into prayer. When you feel that onslaught of fear coming, don't try to control the situation. Move into prayer, present it to the Lord. You know, it's interesting to me. I heard a message on the way down here yesterday that when Jesus was in the garden, um, Jesus prayed his fears. Like he prayed, he said, he said, um, if it's possible, can you remove this cup from me? Not that he was living in the sin of fear, his humanity, and he was 100% human. In his humanity, he experienced the pressure and the horror that he was gazing into as he was approaching the cross. Inquire in prayer. Number three, and this is important, for some of us, turn away from the temptation to control and protect the circumstances and rely entirely on him. Rely entirely on him. He will protect you. That's verse five. And lastly, verse six says that David and I just say that, like, you know, we can't worship and sing unless we really know that we can trust him. When that anxiety comes, just realize this that you are secure in his hand, that he is. His plan is good for us. Your future is good. And if, you know something? I'm not saying that there's not going to be suffering. But like, here are the three, boy, the three guys thrown in the furnace. Remember that? And Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he says, wait, there's a fourth person in there. 
and, and he said, get them all out. So they pull them out. There's only three guys that come out. And that fourth person, where's the fourth guy? You know, the goodness of God, like, we, like in Isaiah, we are going to face fire, but we can always be, we can always be confident that God's not going to leave us. And that let's look, let's look this week, let's keep our eyes out for the surprising graciousness and kindness of God in our life. Amen? Let's just look for it. Every morning I wake up, say, God, surprise me today by your grace. Surprise me today by your goodness. Do something that I don't expect so that I could, so that I could see, see you better so that I can worship you. Amen? So, uh, let's just close in a word of prayer. And Father, I just thank you, God, for your goodness. Lord, I just thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you, God, for these possessions and assets that we have cannot be removed. Lord, we thank you for our security and the goodness of God. Thank you, God, for your kindness and your love towards us. And I just pray, Lord, that for each family that's represented here, Lord, that you would bless this week before us. God, that you would surprise us with your goodness and kindness, that you would lead us and deal with us continually according to your mercy and your grace. And that just puts the fear of God in us. That just causes us to, to, to be of a sober mind. And God, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name.